Midnight Facts for Insomniacs. <laughs> I just learned something. Oh, I'm having fun now. Product naming matters. <laughs> you don't want to name your child's toy Chewy Legos. Oh, Jesus. Do not consume. Do not ingest. <laughs> Delicious Chewy Legos. Armful of swell. Poisonous. <laughs> Straight to hell. <laughs> Straight to hell. Hey, Duncan. Hey. How you doing? Great. How are you, sir? Wow, that was official. <laughs> Thank you. How are you today, Mr. McEwen? <laughs> How are you today, Mr. Rogers? This episode was suggested by Ins Comic Fox from Discord. And it was voted on by the Discord crew. This was overwhelmingly popular. Oh, yes? People were very excited about this one, and I can see why. It was actually pretty fun to research. Oh, really? So I'm looking forward to talking about it. Okay. Well, I'm looking forward to hearing about it and wondering what's going on. We are calling this Dangerous Toys. Oh, nice. But we're actually going to cover all kinds of recalled products. This is going to be some of the biggest and most notorious and or kind of weirdest hmm. recalls. Oh, sweet. Are we going to touch on the Radiant Toys? No, what's a radium toy? Uh, radium, uh, where, where they used to coat certain toys with radium. No, so we're not like going back super far to like lead toys and, you know, oh, toys okay. made of asbestos or something. Quicksilver chewing gum. Like, no, <laughs> we're going to skip the like really, really stupid shit. These are all pretty recent. And this is the you should have known better version. Gotcha. Okay. Like, there was a time when we just, you can't Do blame. you have smart children? Do you want to fix that? Get new mercury chewing gum. Yeah, you can't go back like before science and be mad that people did stupid shit. Right. Cocoa wine. Exactly. <laughs> Cocoa wine we should recall <laughs> in the sense of Bring re back. reintroduce. Yeah. Yes. Prohibition of cocoa wine has gone on too long. Too long. The man's keeping us down. I want my cocoa wine. I want to have a nice glass of cocoa wine and not sleep for 27 hours. <laughs> Get I know. so much shit done. I wonder if it was more of the cocoa or more of the wine. Like which direction were you pulled when you had a swig of cocoa wine? Right. Yeah. I wonder if it helped you party longer or put you out for some reason. And I wonder if ADHD kids would be put down by it because they have the paradoxic effect. Right. That's why they, why Ritalin. So I wonder if they got cocoa wine, it would just be like... They were doubly put down. Yeah. The wine doesn't have the opposite effect for them, right? It's still yeah. a depressant. Mm -hmm. And then the stimulant is like a depressant. Yep. So you just, if you have ADHD and you drink some cocoa wine... Coma. Yes. <laughs> Whap. <laughs> Avoid that. Mommy, this cocoa wine tastes like... This cocoa wine smells like chloroform. <laughs> Have you heard of Bindi's? Bindi's? No. Probably because they were actually not called Bindi's here in America, but I wonder if you've actually heard of the term that we used, which was aquadots. Mm. This was 2007. You weren't a kid in 2007, so I guess that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You do have the mentality of a child, so I just assume that it's possible you may have played with some of these toys. And it's possible I did. It's possible you still Don't do. play with toys. So, also called Aquadots yes. in America, Bindi's, B-I-N-D-E-E-Z, was declared Toy of the Year in Australia back in 2007. But it was less of a toy and more of a project that parents could delegate to their children. Hmm. I guess you'd call it arts and crafts. But there's a definite kind of sweatshop vibe with Bindi's. Hate it already. Okay. So, these were popular colored beads that were sold alongside a perforated plastic tray. And you could arrange the beads in the tray to create designs, like anything you wanted it to look like based on the colors. So you could do like a butterfly or something. Mm -hmm. And then you would spray the beads with water. And each bead was coated with an adhesive so that when they were hit with water, they would then fuse together. 
and then they would dry and you would remove the design from the tray and you would give it to the kids' grandparents and, you know, because those are the only people who would pretend it was some kind of art instead of an ugly clump of goopy beads. Right, I was going to say, and they'd coo and oo over it and if you hand it to anyone else, they'd be like, oh, sweet, this is going in the trash. That was one of those things that you put on the, the refrigerator yeah. only when the kids come over. Right. You've got like a drawer full of shit that goes out when the grandkids are visiting. Mary! Our grandkids are coming over. Open the drawer. Grab the bindies. Are the bindies still a thing? No, we're on to shrinky dinks. Right. Yeah, so the toy was terrible enough without also being a narcotic. Say what when? The problem, it turned out, was that in 2007, a Chinese factory had decided to cut some corners. In place of a relatively expensive non-toxic plasticizer called 1,5 pentanidiol. Sure. Pentanidiol, 1,5. That's really what it's called. Like, the name of the chemical includes numbers and punctuation. <laughs> Science is weird. I don't... Can any insomniac explain that to us? Why are there commas in the name of chemicals? Husk, we're looking at you. So anyway, instead of 1,5 pentanidiol, they had substituted 1,4 butanidiol. It's a common mistake. Oh, yeah. That happens all the time. Oopsie. I, last week, I was baking a cake, and instead of sugar... I poured in some 1,4 butanidiol. <laughs> and that cake was officially awesome. I use plasticizers in all my confections. I mean, doesn't everyone? It gives it a nice sheen. Yes. Also great for digestion and regularity. It really shoots right through you. Oh, yeah. Grease light. And in this case, it also gets you high. Sweet! So when ingested, 1,4 butanidiol metabolizes into the psychoactive narcotic gamma-hydroxybutyric acid. Uh-oh. A.K.A. GHB. That's not good. A.K.A. the date rape drug. <laughs> Oops. Holy feck. How would you like to be a publicist for the Bindi's company circa 2007? I would just fire myself. I would just quit. I'd be like, you know what? There's no coming back from this. What am I going to say? Our bad. <laughs> that is a tough issue to spin. Yeah. Sorry for the whole roofing your kids thing. Yeah. It was... It was awkward. A sentence that has never, ever resulted in forgiveness. <laughs> Sorry for roofing your kids? Really? Yeah. Jesus. On the plus side, the Chinese manufacturing company Wang Chi probably saved like 60 bucks. Sweet. So, you know, worth it. Yeah. The press freaked out, somewhat understandably, but there was a lot of speculation that the beads were going to be sold on the black market, which does not seem to have actually happened. I was going to say... <laughs> fucking long way around the barn dude just make ghb you can literally make it in a bathtub it's not hard just maybe don't give that info out i don't know the recipe buddy. <laughs> i didn't know you could make ghb yeah i mean it's it's one of the easier drugs to make which is why it's so dangerous <laughs> why are you keep, you're just this is a slippery slope my friend why i don't know how to make it all i'm saying is you're it's like, dangerous because you can make it you're like listen insomniacs the recipe is one click away and it's super easy and you can do it in your bathtub hey kids ever partied on the dark web <laughs> you can find damn near anything i found the recipe for ghp ecstasy and methamphetamine i get your point though it's like there's no way that people were selling these beads on the black market just right. walking down the street just Hey, man, want to buy some beads? <laughs> want some beads? Want some beads? I got reds, I got greens, I got blues. Pinky color. Get you high. I don't like your kids too much. Want them to leave you alone for an hour or three? You can slip them in a lady's drink. 
She'll never notice a lump of colorful beads at the bottom. What a sneaky, sneaky date rapist. You got a girl who really, really loves bobo drinks. If you lay like bobo drinks, you just drop a couple of these in there. She'll never notice. I'm not saying there aren't awful people who would do this. Yeah. I'm just saying it's impractical. Yeah. So it took a little bit of sleuthing for doctors to figure out the connection between a bunch of drugged children and these beads. Uh, also pretty awkward to have to explain to a doctor when you bring your child in. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm, no, no, doc. She was sucking on some beads and then she went crazy and I don't know what's going on. No, doctor. I cannot explain how my four-year-old child got his hands on a date rape drug. He always covers his warm milk with a coaster when he goes to the bathroom. <laughs> so I felt like he was safe. Best practices. Best practices. This is getting dark. I'm just imagining these poor Australian parents. No, mate, that's not how it was. And see, I went all cockney. That doesn't work. <laughs> uh, no, mate, that's not how it was. I went out of the room. They came in. Suddenly they were high. I don't know. So horrible. <laughs> <laughs> not great. No, it, was, it wasn't my best one. I'm not, I'm not giving that one away. You're usually pretty good at Australian. Yeah. So the beads were recalled from the Australian and American markets, but subsequently reintroduced with the correct formulation, plus a coating of a bitter chemical called Bitrex in order to discourage ingestion. Bitrex? Mm-hmm. They could have just called them bitter beads for alliteration's sake. Yeah, yeah. Then I guess people would have been tempted to try them out. Just, How bitter are they? Yeah, that's like a challenge. Yeah. Product naming matters. <laughs> you don't want to name your child's toy Chewy Legos. Oh, Jesus. Do not consume. Do not ingest. Delicious chewy Legos. <laughs> Armful of swallow. Poisonous. <laughs> straight to hell. We're going straight to hell. So basically, the manufacturer used the same technique that people use to get cats to stop chewing electrical cords and just hope that worked. <laughs> Spray it with an acrid flavor. and I kind of support this idea, which is why I will never have kids. I would apply all terrible cat training strategies to children. I can just see your poor child getting sprayed in the face with a little freaking spray Spray hand. bottles in particular. Spray that bottle. is the best. Not bitter liquid, just water, but at a very high velocity. Like enough to lift them off their feet. Oh, like a handheld fire hose. <laughs> I told you not to jump on that bed, damn it. Told you not to pull the dog's tail, Timmy. Kids got to learn. <laughs> yeah, you ain't going to do that again, are you? Oh, come on. You're only going to cry blood for like 30 minutes. You heal. I do not advocate child abuse. Negative. But I did fantasize about it when children were pulling my dog's tail. Yeah, that's fair. Welcome back to toys because there are some good ones. But we have to cover what is by now the biggest and most expensive product recall of all time. Oh, yes? So the goal of an airbag is to provide a soft cushion for your face in the event of a car crash. Proper airbag functionality is tricky to pull off because the airbag has to inflate in a fraction of a second, immediately upon sensing impact. Yep. An airbag that failed to inflate would be useless. An airbag that failed to inflate would not be an airbag. The only thing worse than a useless airbag? A pipe bomb in your steering wheel. Yeah, yeah. I would say that was the antithesis of an airbag, sure. And that is basically what you had if the airbag in your car was manufactured by the Japanese Takata Corporation. Whoopsie. While a standard airbag will use compressed gas to inflate in the blink of an eye, a Takata airbag would instead send white-hot shrapnel rocketing through your sensitive organs. 
all of them. <laughs> so, you know, different. Different. You want a safety mechanism that stops your face from slamming into the steering column. I see, I see. What if we just turned the steering column into a shotgun? They're mavericks. Yeah. They're rebels. <laughs> trying shit. Just, it's jazz. Yeah. They're improvising. <laughs> the scandal is actually a little less funny than it sounds. I don't know if it sounds funny at all. It's the hot shrapnel through faces scandal was actually pretty tragic, if you can believe it. I, I laugh at everything. So to me, I giggle a little. And it's still ongoing, by the way. This mm. started in 2004 and ballooned into the most expensive recall of all time. Heck. It was not an intentional pun. I ballooned. That was kind of in poor taste now that I think Oopsie. about it. <laughs> this was actually the second product recall targeting the Takata Corporation. Mm. The first one in 1995 involved defective seatbelts. Oh, wow. Maybe safety, not your forte. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, just go back to building military-grade weaponry. It seems like that's what you were doing. The buckles on the Takata seatbelts were prone to releasing spontaneously and or during accidents. So not really spontaneously. Kind of at the worst possible moment. Well, those are both bad. <laughs> in case anyone isn't familiar with how a standard seatbelt works, if we have any Amish listeners who also have smartphones and speakers and headphones, I don't know. Seatbelts are not supposed to do that. No, no. The seatbelt recall was, at the time, the second largest recall in the history of the Department of Transportation. They now own the first and second place largest recalls in transportation history and one that's the largest recall of anything ever right i love that they pulled a hold my beer on themselves right <laughs> they were like we can do better they were like second largest recall ever hold my beer hmb <laughs> me <laughs> if they were handing out you know how they have the razzies or you know whatever the, yeah. the, the crappiest rewards mm. you know they receive a, a silver uh, boom splode freaking metal <laughs> they're like we can do better they are the random accidental boom explode corporation they are they're like pintos hold my beer <laughs> so foreshadowing takata was fined fifty thousand dollars for delaying tactics for not disclosing the defect in a timely manner and this would come up again they were fined a whole lexus yeah, I mean, this was, you know, 1995 money, so it was like $55,000 back then, so. Yeah, you know. Totally fair. Totally. Specifically, regulators accused them of knowing all about the defect five years before disclosing it to the safety administration. God damn. So, these guys are the people that you want designing safety products in your cars. But the company had a long history in the safety industry. The company actually first produced airbags back in 1988, and the first of the defective line may date from as far back as 1998. Hmm. So they had a solid decade of saving lives before they started firing shrapnel into the faces of their customers. I wonder if it was just one dude, like one engineer had just had it with life. No, well, we know what it was. Oh, yes? Yeah, I know. It wasn't on purpose. I mean, they definitely hit it on purpose, but they weren't trying to kill people. Oh. It's kind of weird to think about because they objectively saved more lives than they ultimately took. But, like, that's just not how the morality equation works. Yeah, I was going to say, I was like, okay, so what, they get into heaven? I don't know, what are we arguing here? Saving lives isn't like a down payment on future murders. Yeah, seriously, like, <laughs> yeah. I, I don't get to go out and save six puppies and then just get to walk up to the next one I see and just kick it in the jaw. You can't be like Superman and just save lives for ten years and then you have a bad week and you massacre a city block. Yeah. And then you simmer down and you're like, do the math. 
I am a net positive in the karma department. <laughs> Jesus. Anyone but, who can say that sentence is morally bankrupt. Yeah. When you're doing karma math, yeah. you've already You've already lost. failed. <laughs> the airbag recall kicked off in 2013. The culprit, according to investigators, was inflator units assembled at a factory in Coahuila, Mexico. Okay. The explosive propellants were contaminated with moisture as a result of improper handling. So the rest of the story is not funny. I don't know how much that story was funny, but the rest is even less. All right. It is actually pretty horrid. One of the victims was a pregnant woman whose neck was sliced by shrapnel during a collision at 18 miles per hour. Jesus. 30 kilometers per hour. That is awful because she would have been fine if the thing that was supposed to save her hadn't done the exact opposite. Right. So this wasn't just one car brand, by the way. This was one brand of safety product, but it was in a ton of cars. Pretty much everything. There were 12 brands using these defective units, and they were the brands. Toyota, Ford, Honda, Chrysler, BMW, Volkswagen, Tesla, Jaguar, Ferrari. Everyone was using these. Fuck me. Weirdly, though, the vast majority of injuries and fatalities involved Hondas. That's weird. Like, basically all of them. Which, yeah, that's weird, and apparently we still don't have an answer as to why. Okay, that terrifies me especially because our, my wife and I's Honda, wife and Mrs. Honda, got an airbag recall oh. thing in the mail a bunch. We ignored it because we're like, what? We don't care. It's an old are last you, thing. What? The, uh, we didn't are you, know anything about this. <laughs> yeah, until they sent you the information. We didn't read it. We were just like, recall? The, fuck with it. Fuck a recall. It's old ass car. We're going <laughs> to yeah, get rid of it anyway. <laughs> you have a freaking Takata airbag. You have a bomb sitting in your... We don't know. I should probably read the next one. <laughs> Holy shit. Duncan. <laughs> I didn't know. <laughs> Fix your shit. If you get in a fucking accident, it's going to blow your head off. Well, not my Hyundai. Not 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 Bonita. But, you oh, know, Lord. The, the little Honda. Yeah, no, just your wife. Honda. So that's fine. <laughs> so I came up in the world. It's cool. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Go get that checked out, man. Yes, sir. Overall, more than 53 million cars have been affected by the recall. And the total cost so far is over $24 billion and counting. <laughs> Takata filed for bankruptcy in 2017. The company was acquired by Key Safety Systems and rebranded as Joyson Safety Systems. J-O-Y-S-O-N. Weirdly, they didn't go with Murder Bag. That would have been my vote. Mm. Murder Bag Incorporated. When you absolutely positively need to remove someone's head at low speed. Not funny, but, you know, funny. So this next one is pretty dark. Sweet! I guess the last one. Yeah, I know. Because the other one was just a ray of fucking sunshine. It was almost a joy sunshine ray. <laughs> nice. Well played. <laughs> I don't know if there are any of these that aren't kind of dark. No, okay. you know what? There is. There's oh, actually okay. one or two that are actually just pretty funny. Okay. I'm excited to get to those. I maybe should have switched up the order a little bit. <laughs> we could have done like a back and forth instead of just diving into misery. <laughs> oh, well. Oh, well. So it's pretty rare that you find a story about a product recall with a true crime twist. Oh, fun. So you're welcome. I guess if you really enjoy this story, you could thank the murderer. He made it all possible. June, we're looking at you. Chicago, 1982. Mm. In September, a 12-year-old girl collapsed and died. Later that day, a 27-year-old man was rushed to the hospital where he died later that evening, and he was followed by his brother and sister-in-law. They all died. Jeebus. Investigators quickly pieced together the common denominator. Each of the victims had taken Tylenol hours before falling deathly ill. Hmm. When laboratories tested the capsules, they found that they contained cyanide. 
Ah, yes. Tylenol's manufacturer, Johnson & Johnson, immediately shifted into damage control mode. And this is actually considered one of the great rebounds from what could have been a death blow for the company. Hmm. Rather than just a death blow for a bunch of consumers. So, you know, yay. Yay! The company survived. That's I was so worried. The important part. I know. A lot of people didn't, but, you know, a corporation is a person, apparently. So that counts, right? So much hate. It's true that Johnson & Johnson was extremely proactive. They issued a recall less than a week after the first poisoning, and pulling the roughly 31 million bottles off the shelves cost Tylenol over $109 million, which would be almost three times that today. So they did the right thing, most likely for the wrong reasons. But, you know, if corporate interests align with human interests, I'm not going to complain. Cool. That's usually when shit gets done. Tylenol got a lot of credit for salvaging their product, but ultimately, I think the real reason their product recovered was because the cyanide contamination had nothing to do with the product. Hmm. This wasn't a manufacturing issue. It wasn't Johnson & Johnson's fault. Someone in the Chicago area was buying bottles of Tylenol, swapping some of the pills for cyanide, and putting the containers back on the shelves. Wow. This was before childproof, tamper-proof packaging, so there was no seal on a bottle of pills. Oh, and that's why it happened. Okay. How easy must it have been to handle a hangover in 1982? Just go to your local Walgreens, knock back a couple Tylenol, put the bottle back. I feel like no one ever purchased a full bottle of Tylenol. There were always a few sacrificed to the hangover gods. <laughs> or PMS or... Whatever, yeah. I love that. Unless you were a complete, absolute nerd and went home and counted out your 50 tablets yeah. from that bottle. Yeah, you were probably getting like 46 or, you know... If I was Tylenol, I would sell everything in bulk because I'm just like, they're not going to know. <laughs> there were seven total victims of the Chicago poisoner, but what made it even worse was there were copycat crimes. Mm. What a perfect encapsulation of my misanthropy. Yep. The fact that awful people all across the country looked at this terrible incident and were like, why didn't I think of that? There's a thing. Ooh, me too. On the plus side, as I alluded to before, the Chicago incidents and the subsequent copycat poisonings led to much-needed industry reforms with which we are all now familiar. Mm -hmm. Sealed caps and childproof bottles. It's just amazing that it took so long. I Serious, I can't imagine a time when companies were like, let's just put a bunch of unsealed bottles of medicine on the shelves. During an era with no video cameras, let's just blindly trust our fellow humans. <sighs> That's crazy to me. To me, it's like... Oh, for the time when we actually could trust our fellow humans. We, clearly we couldn't. Yeah, I mean, yeah, eventually. <laughs> could we, though? I mean, eventually. <laughs> you know, I mean, there came a point where some idiot, you know, insane person was like, ooh. No. no. Here's what happened. Oh, okay. Is that stuff used to happen all the time, but there was no national press that was telling you about it. And then when we started reporting on this shit, that's when we found out and collectively had to acknowledge how awful humanity is. Mm. That's my opinion. But you, you know what? I'm glad that you are much more of an optimist for once. I'm not an optimist. I mean, uh, do you remember when people either didn't know or didn't do as much insanity as exists See, now? See, and that's like a total psychological fallacy. That's one of those things that we believe. We believe that things were better back in the day. Remember when people were nicer and people treated each other well? There never was a good time in this country where everyone was fucking nice to each other and no one got poisoned. Right. I guess what I'm pointing out, and not to get on too much of a tangent here, but what I'm pointing out is I do think this was the first time anyone ever actually started subbing out pills for poison. Or at least it's the first reported time. That's what I'm saying. Okay. I guarantee there were a lot of people that did it before and mm -hmm. just didn't get caught. But maybe. Okay. Okay. 
Let's go back to toys. Sweet. Toys are fun. Yay. I mean, not in this episode. <laughs> so as we saw to an extent with Bindi's, toy recalls are bonkers. Mm. Not necessarily the recalls themselves, but more the fact that when you learn about the recalls, you become aware that these toys existed in the first place. Hmm. Especially back in like the 1950s, they had toys like razor blade slingshots. It's fucking crazy. What? There were no safety standards in the 50s. Yeah. It was a fucking free for all. Your child will love this fully functional life-size tank with flamethrower attachment <laughs> and optional nuclear capability. <laughs> so in comparison to many of the homicidal toys of the era, a functional oven for a child seems quite tame. Mm. But shockingly, giving eight-year-old kids a miniature electrical kitchen appliance didn't work out as well as you'd expect. Oh, are these the easy-bake ovens? Or maybe it totally worked out exactly as everyone should have expected. Yes. Nice. I remember these. The amazing thing is that it took 50 years for the Easy Bake Oven to start mangling children. The original version, released way back in 1963, used a standard incandescent light bulb to heat a special batter and produce like a little hockey puck that they called a cake. Right. The newer versions featured a real miniature heating element. But strangely, it wasn't really the heating element that did the damage, or at least that wasn't the part that malfunctioned. Hmm. The 2006 version was like a rat trap for kids' fingers. It was like one of those Chinese <laughs> finger, cuffs? finger cuffs. Yeah. Initially, 29 kids reported getting their fingers stuck and sustaining burns. So Hasbro released a grate to cover the oven's door. It was like a little gate that would fall down. Mm -hmm. As a result of the fix, the number of injury complaints jumped to 249. <laughs> Jesus. Why not just get rid of the fucking thing? You're like, hey, this is, our, this is burning kids. Maybe get rid of the toy. Nah, we'll just <laughs> put a fucking rat trap on it. The recall was reissued. A process known in the industry as dope. <laughs> dope! <laughs> Almost a million of the ovens were eventually recalled. Oh, so weird. This next one is my favorite. Mm -hmm. This is oh, so good. Mm -hmm. America's war against drugs has always been a rational, reasonable, successful, and in no way comically misguided endeavor. Of course. So when, in 1998, the Bureau for At-Risk Youth released a line of number two pencils engraved with the inspiring slogan, Too Cool to Do Drugs, the nation collectively celebrated a clearly brilliant messaging strategy that would no doubt touch the hearts of vulnerable youth and lead to an immediate drop in rates of drug use. I mean, pencils have always been the first line of defense against drug use. <laughs> Either that, or it would become one of the most embarrassing boneheaded symbols of the ineptitude of bureaucratic government and the futility of vacuous slogans. The pencils were proudly distributed to school children, who quickly discovered a fun and entertaining design feature. The slogan was printed with the beginning of the sentence opposite from the eraser, so when you sharpen the pencils, the slogan would morph through various iterations. First, children would shave off the word too, leaving only cool to do drugs. <laughs> Sharpen off a bit more, and you're left with the inspiring message, do drugs. <laughs> One more sharpen, and you're in possession of a government-issued pencil for children, simply labeled drugs. <laughs> the Bureau promptly issued a recall, but not before word had leaked to the media, and the pencils became a collector's item. No word on how many people lost their government jobs. I just want to know how many kids still blame those pencils for getting on drugs. <laughs> it's so stupid to think a pencil will stop you from doing drugs. It's as stupid as thinking a pencil can start you doing drugs. Yeah, it's just... Yeah, slogans don't work. 
slogans are to, to, to stick in your mind and make you think of them again and again and again, but that's the only purpose. They can't actually inform decision or move you one way or the other. Yeah. It's just to make your brain think of it. The words just say no would run through my head every time I was doing a line of cocaine in high school. Yeah. I would remember the slogan, hugs, not drugs from elementary school. And I would, uh, you know, hug a friend next to me who was high as a friggin' kite. Yeah, that's just uh, factually inaccurate. Mm. You can simultaneously hug and drug. Quote, we're actually a little embarrassed that we didn't notice this sooner, said Bureau spokeswoman Darlene Clare. Ugh, Darlene. I'm assuming she was one of the job losers. I'm going to say, or at least she was this sacrificial lamb that just shoved her out in front of the fucking phalanx of microphones. Here, say some shit. We got nothing. Or maybe not. It is the government. Yeah. That is the whole problem. These people should have been fired years ago. She probably got promoted. (laughs) The Bureau issued new pencils with the slogan printed the opposite way so that the word drugs disappeared first. But for some reason, those pencils were far less popular than the ones with the staunchly pro-drug message. (laughs) Oh, I love that. Oh, God. That one made me happy. It's so dumb. We'll fix the problem with pencils. So the next one reminds me of our AI episode. Mm. You'll see why. Okay. So you're familiar with Snapple facts. Yes. Snapple, a line of popular iced teas owned by the Dr. Pepper Company, and the bottles are famous for featuring little interesting facts printed on the bottom of the caps. Snapple is kind of like us in bottle cap form. And, you know, with more horrible things for you to ingest. And way more successful. Yeah. And lots more money. We'll get there. We'll get there, man. Have faith. And tastier. Mm, We're pretty tasty. At least according to my wife. (laughs) You. (laughs) That is for you, sir. So the Coca-Cola company decided to do something similar in 2013 with their vitamin water brand. Mm. Canada has two official languages, English and French, and many Canadians are bilingual. In the spirit of multiculturalism, Coca-Cola chose to print various random English and French words on the bottom of vitamin water caps to symbolize the synergy of the two languages and cultures. Wait, were they really random? They were mm-hmm. just like... Do you remember the AI equivalent of this? Yeah. Solid gold yeah. t-shirts? Keep calm and beat her. So this promotion resulted in some truly creative word combinations. Mm. One Canadian photographer and vitamin water enthusiast who had an autistic sister purchased a bottle, and unaware of the bilingual promotion, was surprised to unscrew the cap and find the message, YOU RETARD, in all capital letters, on the bottom of the cap. (laughs) Can you imagine opening a bottle and just finding a random insult? Just unprovoked. (laughs) Unprovoked (laughs) verbal violence. From a very popular brand. Yeah. Mainstream. So, retard in French, retard, means late, which is still kind of rude. You late. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure that scared the shit out of a lot of women. <laughs> a lot yeah. of young, a lot of high school girls are like, no, wait a second, how do you know? So, the woman's father wrote an open letter scolding Coca-Cola, and it gained some traction. The company responded, quote, we started printing random combinations of English and French words under the caps of vitamin water. I like that they just started with an explanation of, yes, yeah, we're aware. We did something stupid. <laughs> Duh. Like, let's move it along to the apology a little quicker. Yeah, skip to the chase here. What's, what's going to, what are we doing here? We insulted your daughter. It's a thing that happened. <laughs> it might happen again. Life is not fair. Oh, but, uh, yeah, we're sorry. <laughs> Quote, regretfully, the French words were not reviewed from an English standpoint. 
In this case, a French word, despite an innocuous meaning in French, but an offensive meaning in English, made the production list of words. Given the random nature of the printing process, we do not know whether or not this specific text was used more than once. However, we believe the chances are extremely slim. There's, there's still no apology. No! <laughs> they just kept explaining what happened. Yeah, they just mansplained the shit out of this cap. There was, no, there was nothing else in there. There was just a recap of yeah. a bottle cap situation. Wow, that was cap a lot in that sentence. Like, that a cap. <laughs> but that's all they did. Yeah. They were just like, yeah, here's what happened. What are you going to do? <laughs> yeah. Come we, at us, bro. <laughs> we have monies. <laughs> we have all of the monies. Have had since cocaine. As far as I can tell, this is the only product on our list that didn't actually result in a recall. Hmm. But I included it because it really should have. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> this is just on the list just to shame Coca-Cola. Yeah. Because Jesus, man. I want to honestly ask, how did you think this was going to go right? Not how would it go wrong. How did you yeah. think it was going to go right? It was just going to be like Beautiful Bird or something. Yeah. Like every other one was going to be something stupid and horrible. Yeah. Like foot shit. What? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what? <laughs> Even if they're just innocuous words. Just, you know. Liver toothpaste. What? Smack puppy. Yeah. Like it's mm. going to be bad. Mm. Oh. Yeah. So those were just the first of the recalls. We're going to do more of these. That was not even uh, in a comprehensive list. And there's so many good ones. I cherry picked in the beginning just for my favorites. Hey, that's excellent. I definitely want to see a Mark II or Mark III. And as usual, our dear, dear insomniacs, the Midnight Masses, you can head to the Discord and make your voice known and vote and be like, hey, I want a Mark II. Do it. And we're like, yes, sir. We go back to the salt mines and do it. And then, obviously, the next thing you do is rep. We have all new merchandise comes out. We've actually changed uh, half of the stuff that we produce now for merch is going through a brand new company. So if you want hoodies, if you want awesome new mugs, if you want throw pillows, we got throw pillows now. We have friggin' blankets. We got blankets and spaghetti. We got airbags. We do not. We, have got, air, we do not have airbags. We got bottle caps. <laughs> we got pencils. We got easy bake ovens. <laughs> we got cyanide. <laughs> we got Miffy branded cyanide. <laughs> Miffy brand cyanide. For when you want to kill, but factually. <laughs> anyway, so in closing, and as per usual, and forever after, knowledge is power. Sleep is overrated.